Support for this podcast comes from Glassdoor. Today, job seekers are doing their research before applying for jobs, and they're doing it on Glassdoor. Glassdoor is the trusted and transparent place where 34 million engaged job seekers are going to research potential employers, and where smart organisations of all sizes are going to recruit the best and brightest talent. Ready to get started on Glassdoor? To unlock your free employer account, simply go to www.glassdoor.com slash employers. That's www.glassdoor.com slash employers and fill in the free account form. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 88 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The future of job boards has been an ongoing debate in our industry for years. A debate which has been dominated by predictions of their demise. These predictions have so far proved to be erroneous. But what is their future? Who better to ask than my guest this week, Peter Weddle. Peter is the CEO of TA Tech, the trade association for the talent acquisition solutions industry. He's been a close observer of the job board market since its inception in the 1990s and has some great insights to share. Hi, Peter, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. My absolute pleasure. Could you introduce yourself um, and tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, well, my name is Peter Weddle, and I am the CEO of TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Uh, we're the trade association for the global talent acquisition technology industry. So our, our members encompass job boards, social media sites, aggregators, recruitment advertising agencies, mobile app developers, SaaS platforms, uh, applicant tracking system companies, virtually any organization that produces a technology-based product or service for talent acquisition. Uh, and right now, uh, collectively, the membership powers or operates just over 70,000 sites worldwide. And I, I don't think there's a facet of talent acquisition that one of our members doesn't offer a product or service for. So it's a, it's a very um, heterogeneous group uh, and also one that is changing by the minute. Absolutely. Before we sort of get into, you know, get into those changes um, and speak more about that, um, I think it'd be interesting to get a bit of um, history on you in the industry. Tell us, um, you know, how how have you come to this role? um, And, you know, what what does your sort of history in the industry look like? Well, well, way back in the dark ages uh, of the uh, mid 1990s, um, I um, was operating a uh, staffing firm uh, which used computers to match uh, people to jobs. It was arguably one of the first in the United States and certainly the largest. Uh, we supported over 400 professional societies and associations. Um, and I sold that business to um, a large, larger staffing firm. 
um, and decided that I wanted to pursue another passion, which was writing. And I was lucky enough to land a job writing a biweekly column for the Wall Street Journal about this new thing called the Internet and this uh, this new industry called job boards. Um, and I did that for over a dozen years um, and met a lot of the early pioneers in this industry and had the good fortune to uh, watch their organizations grow and, and uh, evolve over time. Um, and in 2007, uh, it just seemed to me that the industry had grown mature enough and large enough that it deserved a trade association. And that's how I ended up where I am. And I suppose, um, you know, there's there obviously a huge amount of change from the from the mid 90s to 2007. But the, the last 10 years has obviously seen a lot of um, um, a lot of change as well. How, you know, how would you sort of describe that that change? What's happened from 2007 to to, to where we are now in talent acquisition technology? Well, I, I think actually you have to look in shorter time increments to really get a sense of what's going on. I think the, the change um, that we're seeing today um, is disjointed. Um, it comes in bursts, and those bursts hit us much more rapidly. So it's important to look at, uh, I think, uh, shorter time horizons. And um, I would say that in the last three to five years, we've seen some extraordinary uh, dynamics in the marketplace. Uh, one might best be characterized by uh, some recent survey results from LinkedIn. Uh, they surveyed uh, recruiters at uh, the beginning of this year, and 56% of the respondents said that they expected their uh, recruiting workload to increase this year. So that's the good news. The bad news is that 66% of those uh, recruiters said that they expected their recruiting team to either stay the same size or get smaller. Um, and what that has meant is that um, the ability of our customers, those recruiters and employers out there, to do the kind of um, shopping that they have historically done for talent acquisition products and services has uh, has been significantly impacted. Um, and in fact, uh, increasingly, um, those customers are looking for uh, portfolios of products and services. They, they just don't have the time anymore to go to company A for this product and company B for some other product and company C for a third product. So one of the major dynamics in the marketplace is what might be described as, as a solution stacking and, and what that basically means is that uh, companies today are very much in the business of for, forging partnerships and alliances um, so that they can go to an employer and say, we have these sourcing products and these recruiting products and these assessment products. Um, and uh, the employer can then tailor a suite of products and services to their particular recruiting challenge. Um, think of it as sort of a one-stop shop, if you will, for uh, for recruiting products and services. And certainly that's had a dramatic impact on uh, on the way uh, many companies in the industry operate today. Uh, you know, it used to be that we could, we could reliably build a business as the best of breed, and that's obviously still important, but even uh, a best of breed company has to have other solutions available in its kit bag 
or it will find that those overworked recruiters um, simply haven't got the time to pay attention to them. So certainly I think that's one of the, the major dynamics that we're seeing in the industry today. That makes perfect sense from a from a buying perspective. And obviously, you know, the, the buyers are the people who ultimately help shape what these solutions look like. Um, I suppose one of the other things that um, influences the industry is, is technology itself. Um, are you seeing any particular technology trends that, that are having an effect um, on what your members are doing or are likely to have an effect in the near future? Yeah, I, I, I think the other major dynamic um, that we're seeing is a movement um, away from traditional duration-based advertising and more towards performance-based advertising. Uh, I'm not one that believes that duration-based advertising is going to go away altogether, uh, but I think its slice of the pie is going to be considerably smaller and that more and more employers will turn to uh, will turn to performance-based advertising. And when that happens, I think the technology of programmatic ad buying is going to have a significant effect. Uh, we're still in very early days uh, with regard to the application of that technology in our industry, uh, but we have the good fortune of being able to see how it played out in more traditional e-commerce advertising. Um, and uh, if we're lucky uh, and if we're smart, we'll avoid some of the mistakes that they've made and hopefully introduce uh, that technology in a, in a much more efficient and effective way. Uh, it, it has the potential, I think, to dramatically uh, improve the uh, return on investment that our customers get from their advertising. The challenge, of course, is for our industry, how do you transition from a traditional advertising business model that's based on duration-based ads to one that's based on performance-based advertising and not completely cannibalize uh, your whole business. Uh, and, and that's really, I think, uh, where we are today, trying to figure out how to make that, that transition without sinking the ship, if you will, along the way. And in terms of performance-based advertising, what what is that? What what are the discussions that you're you're hearing saying about that in terms of what um, you know what these ROI triggers can be? I mean, what is performance in um, digital recruitment advertising? Is it applications? Is it hires? Um, you know, where where do we draw the line? Um, and what should uh, ultimately what should employers be 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 looking for? Well, of course. Uh with, with traditional advertising, uh, you make a decision about where your ad's going to be placed, um, and uh, there it sits for the duration that you've paid for, whether it's 30 days or 60 days, whatever it might be. Um, in theory, at least, what happens with programmatic is that the software allows um, real-time adjustments to ad placement. So if you um, decide to, uh, to place your ad on... Uh, sites A, B, and C, uh, and site C is just not delivering the candidate stream that you want and need, then the computer will recognize that and automatically move that ad to another site uh, where the prospects of getting uh, a more reliable candidate stream exist. And, and all of this happens in milliseconds so that um, the click stream that's generated by the candidates 
um, is directly uh, focused on delivering the uh, the number of people, uh, the number of prospects that an employer needs. If they historically have found that they need to get uh, 25 candidates to make one hire at a sales management position, uh, they'll know that uh, you know that the computer will move the ads to various sites until it generates those 25 candidates. But equally as important, when it gets to those 25 candidates, when the computer realizes that the 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 set number of applicants that the employer wants has been reached, it will turn off the spend. So employers are not wasting money uh, advertising for candidates they no longer need or want. So um, that's that's the theory. Um, whether we can actually make that happen or not, as I said a couple of minutes ago, we're, we're still in very early days uh, with all of that. But, but there is some pretty strong evidence um, at least on the U.S. side of the pond, uh, that this can and does work uh, very well for for employers. Um, unlike in in e-commerce, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of dialogue recently about the issues that uh, Google has faced when it used programmatic um, ad buying uh, and placed ads of very well-known and reputable companies next to content on the web that was uh, that was posted by uh, people who um, were writing about things that could damage their brand, uh, hate speech and so forth. Um, and the advertisers justifiably uh, were upset about the placement of their brand next to that kind of content. Well, that's not happening in the employment space because these ads are being placed only on employment sites. So the probability that it would be placed next to or an ad would be placed next to some, uh, quote, bad content or content that could hurt an employer's brand um, is is relatively small, if non-existent. But, you know, that's an example of the kind of challenge that we have to be careful about. We have to keep our eye on as we introduce this new technology. That makes perfect sense, um, you know, and I'm, I'm already seeing um, a number of employers who are, who are looking at, you know, programmatic um, techniques to, to find candidates kind of, you know, outside of the, um, you know, outside of the kind of traditional employment advertising space. So, um, you know, I think it's very interesting to see how the um, how the industry actually kind of uh, adopts this and, and makes it makes it their own, basically. So you have obviously been in this space for quite some time what what's kind of really surprised you um in in the last few years about the way the space has evolved or, or perhaps the way the space hasn't evolved I, I don't uh i don't know that i would say i have been surprised but i have um i, I have been uh concerned about um the gullibility of uh, some of some segment of our customer population, um, you know, we've we've been through uh, a number of waves of uh, the next big thing in our industry, um, and uh, what, many of those waves had been built on the notion that quote job boards are dead or job boards are dinosaurs, um, and. Uh, the employers and recruiters that are who are our customers um, seem to be willing to accept those statements, even though all of the evidence, survey after survey, research report after research report, um, indicate that uh, 
job boards continue to be a primary source of uh, external hires for employers uh, literally around the world. It doesn't mean that they don't have to evolve uh, and change with time, uh, but innovation is alive and well in the job board segment of the marketplace. Uh, there are job boards doing interesting things with artificial intelligence and machine learning, as well as programmatic ad buying uh, and recruitment marketing and social recruiting and a whole host of other things. Um, so uh, I, I guess uh, I have been disappointed um, that our customer um, isn't more sophisticated about, you know, these claims that burst on the horizon that uh, uh, is going to change life as we know it on planet Earth. And, and we go running down that rabbit hole uh, until we discover, oops, well, maybe not exactly. Uh, and good old job boards are there uh, just as they reliably have been. Uh, but the good old job board of today is vastly different from the good old job board of uh, 1995, 1996, when I first started writing about them. I mean, back then, they were basically nothing more than uh, traditional newspaper classified advertising repurposed on the web. Um, and they were largely uh, aimed at uh, the active job seeker. Uh, today, employers, most employers, have their own corporate career sites, uh, and job seekers are pretty savvy. Uh, they know uh, if they're actively looking for a job, they know they can find those jobs on the website of most major employers today. So uh, companies increasingly don't need job boards to reach out to the active job seeker population. What they need job boards for are to reach into the so-called passive population, the people who in theory, at least, aren't looking for a new job. And, and in order to do that, job boards have become much more like career portals, a place where people go to advance themselves in their profession, craft, or trade. And when they feel ready and, and right, they will look at an employment opportunity as well. So th these new job boards are really, I think, positioned to continue to be a very central part, not, not the exclusive part. There are lots of other ways to reach out to candidates, as you well know, but, but certainly an, an a critical part, part of any uh, employer's go-to-market strategy for talent acquisition. Now, I know one of the things that your association does is, um, you know, brings brings companies together to to to, to talk and sort of debate um, and 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 move the industry forward. Um, and I know you've got some events coming up, um, um, you know, coming up coming up soon and, and, and indeed later in the year. Could you sort of tell us a bit more about um, the, what what you have planned? Yeah, thank you. I'd, I'd like to do that. We we uh, we conduct four conferences a year: three in North America and one in Europe. And our conferences are uh, different, I think, in two, day, uh, two ways. One, um, they are completely, totally focused on talent acquisition, technology, and business. Um, so they are not human resource conferences. They are talent acquisition technology conferences. And secondly, they are designed specifically for the CEOs of talent acquisition technology companies and their direct reports. So we don't aspire to throw conferences that'll have four or five or 6,000 people walking through drafty exhibit halls. We don't even do exhibit halls. Our conferences are designed to bring together two, three, 400 senior executives and provide a, a forum where they can do two things. 
one, collaboration. They can interact with one another to explore partnerships, to look at doing business with one another, and two, thought leadership. They can connect with some of the best thinkers in our field and test their own ideas and, and have their ideas stretched and expanded so that when they go back to their businesses, uh, they're able to, to lead them more successfully uh, at the bottom line. So um, our first event is coming up on April 22nd, 23rd. It will be in Chicago. Uh, it's our spring Congress, um, and um, we we uh, really have a, a wonderfully powerful program there. Uh, and the you can find the agenda if you go to our our website, which is uh, tatech.org. You'll see the events tab, and and all of our conferences are are listed there. So, the first coming up is uh, in St. April. Uh, the second uh, conference is going to be in Europe, in Barcelona, in fact, um, on May 17, 18, and 19. Uh, and it will begin with a half-day uh, mini-summit, if you will, uh, a pre-conference workshop on programmatic ad buying. Uh, and then we'll continue all day on the 18th and a half a day on the 19th. Again, that's in Barcelona in May. Uh, in June, we um, are doing a leadership summit, uh, which is what we call a one-day, one-topic conference. That will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, on June 1st, uh, and the topic will be programmatic ad buying. Uh, this is our third in an annual series. We have some wonderful speakers coming for that particular event, people who really know the business of programmatic ad buying and talent acquisition. Uh, and then finally, uh, we are hosting um, our fall conference and World Job Board Forum. Uh, on September 27th, 28th, and 29th in Denver, Colorado, which is one of the top tech hubs in the U.S. Um, and this event is modeled uh, with some humility uh, after the World Economic Forum in Davos. We want this to be the largest gathering ever of senior executives uh, in the global talent acquisition technology marketplace. And, and we already have a who's who of speakers committed to coming to that event uh, and exploring their vision for where talent acquisition is today and where it's likely to be in the next 36 months. Peter, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. My thanks to Peter Weddle. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher, or download the show app on your smartphone. Just search for Recruiting Future in your app store. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>